Mike, turn your games down. This is an episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who is changing reality with me tonight? Hey, it's Tony Chorus. What's up, Mike? Hey, Tony. And where might people know you from? Oh, from the Hey, I Like That Game podcast. Speaking of which, Hey, I Like That host. Mike, thank you for having me back. Hey, well, thanks for coming. You actually, back when this first aired, what we're going to be talking about, you were like, hey, when you do this, let me know. And then it's been a year, and now we're finally doing it. Yeah, right, yeah. This this is one of my favorite things that Marvel's ever done. So I'm, I'm very eager to talk about this show with you. So really, thanks for having me, man. This was actually a, a Patreon winner. I wasn't sure what Marvel show to start with, so I just picked, put all everything but what if on a poll, and this is what won. You guys chose that we're going to cover WandaVision, which came out in 2021. Mm-hmm. Early in the year 2021. It was like, what? Uh, it was like January, I think, yeah. when the first two episodes dropped. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fantastic. <laughs> and this was, this was the first Marvel show, right? I'm not misremembering that, right? Yeah. What a way to start off, too. Marvel show. This is the first season four, or not season four, towards phase four of Marvel MCU. Yeah, yeah. This, what a way to start off. What a way to start off. It is <laughs> such an interesting thing. I still think Far From Home should have been the start, not the end, in my opinion, as I said many times in the, the other MCU stuff that we covered. <laughs> we, we can agree to disagree on that one, but... Uh, <laughs> I just I don't like Far From Home. And I, it felt like more of a beginning than an end. I still think it's just because the way Endgame was, but... Yeah, I could see that. It 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 it, it kind of it was a weird ending for sure, but like that that movie's okay. It it set up a very good Spider-Man film. Not not to like jump to another topic or anything, but it, it, yes. <laughs> so this, I, mean, I remember like one, we didn't have anything MCU in twenty twenty because of COVID, and like I was so like I mean I was covering it all for the show. We went through all the MCU, me, Bill, and Mike, and I was when this came out, I was ready for something new. I was like. I wanted because I was, you know, bummed that nothing happened for a year. So I was excited for the next step. And yep. this is a very strange next step they took, but I think it works well. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I was super excited about what this show could have been because, like, I I'd seen on the internet here are screenshots of like the show and seeing all the different kind of time periods they were uh, riffing on uh, in each episode. I mean, we can get into that more when we talk about each one, but it it looked so striking to me and it was like so full of possibilities. It's like, what the fuck is going on in this show? You know, like I had no idea. And I think what we got wasn't what I was expecting, but it was way better than I thought they would pull off with this type of story. Because like when, when you first saw like the trailer, you know, it doesn't make any sense. It just shows, you know, Wanda and Vision moving into like a town from Dick Van Dyke, you know, at first, like the house, which is resembles, you know, the old sitcoms. Yep. Like nothing makes any sense. Like they, they were very coy about what this show was. And I think that's one thing that made it so interesting too, is that this is one of the shows where I had to watch every single week that it came out because I did not want to be spoiled on the internet. So I would wake up that day and put it on before I went to work. So I would not get spoiled. Mike, I did the same thing with my wife. We woke up at like on release day. We were up first thing in the morning and watch it before you we went to work because, yeah, I mean, me and my wife spend way too much time on Reddit and that uh, and that it's a full of pitfalls for spoilers. So, yeah, we did the same thing. And it, yeah, excellent. It, it was such a, a fun experience. Like now in the in the days of streaming, it's so often that I will just straight binge stuff. And it was actually kind of a nice change of pace to have something to look forward to every week. It, it was weird. And this is the only show where I would, uh, 
Okay, I shouldn't say it. Loki it was another one I was really excited for, and Falcon, but like this was one where I, you know, I hadn't done this in so long. I couldn't even, the last time I had actually got, watched the show the day it came out and actually waited each week would have been like Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think it was 2020. Yes, yes, okay. it was. Yes, it was. The, the other thing I was just thinking about, when this show was announced, it was like pre, you know, Infinity War Endgame, right? So like, they were showing things in that show that didn't quite like make sense yet. And it was like, Oh, once like you see that, like vision is dead. It's like, wait, why the fuck is vision there? You know, like it's one of those things where it's like, what is, what is happening here? What is going on? And that just added more to the intrigue on my end, like leading up to watching it for sure. I'm trying to see when they first announced it, when it was coming. Cause I can't remember that, but that does make sense. Like I, I mean, cause I, you know, even just like you, you've seen, I mean, there's gonna be spoilers for WandaVision spoilers for a lot of Marvel stuff. I mean, like, you knew Vision was dead. Like, even before Infinity War and Endgame came out, I'm like, yeah, he's dead. Like, he ain't coming out. <laughs> he ain't making it out, no. <laughs> I thought more people would die, but I'm, I, my prediction when, when they first started, and before Infinity War came out, I said, Iron Man's gone, Captain America's gone, Thor's gone, Vision's gone. Black, I didn't think Black Widow would be gone. I thought Hawkeye would be gone. Oh, man, really? See, I... I, I thought Widow was the one to go for sure, and, and that was right there. I didn't think they'd have the guts to get. I didn't think they'd have the guts to get rid of both Iron Man and Captain America. But I'm delightfully surprised by that. For sure. uh, contracts. That's why I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. But it's just like everything with this show, like the way they presented it, and like in the trailers. I mean, even in the trailers, it shows like it. It doesn't make any sense what you're seeing. Yeah, yeah. Without con- without context, the show is definitely strange definitely strange um, i also really liked that prior to this you know we saw wanda multiple times in, in movies but like you didn't get a lot about her other than you know like oh she had this brother she has this this power but like they didn't really like go super deep into the things that she could do so i thought they did a good job in this show kind of exploring her as a character a little bit more and making you care about her. Because before she was kind of just like, here's another, you know, hero that I don't like what it was just like kind of a whatever. And same thing with her relationship with Vision. It always felt kind of forced in some of the movies, or at least like from my perspective, it felt forced. But this show did a really good job of like showing their relationship, why they're in love with one another. Like it was really solid, really, really well done. Well, they didn't know what to do with her. I mean, I will agree like her. Even I want to say it was like her voice would change, like the accent would come and go, like in some of the early appearances of her. Even in this, it comes and goes, but it makes sense. Right, exactly. And I love that, you know, not jumping ahead too far, but they point directly to that. You know, like this, this show is very self-aware of where it's at in the Marvel Universe. You know, there there are several things that happen within this show that's like, oh, it it under it 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 knows where it is it knows that wanda has these like weird quirks about her and how they've portrayed her in other movies it's weird that there are two quicksilvers kind of in the marvel universe and they and they touch upon all that stuff like it's really really well done oh uh, that, that we'll get there. that was good we'll get there. yeah 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 so i just watched the show for the first time since it came out i had because i was waiting to rewatch this with my wife and she she won't watch shows till they completely drop and for some reason, we never, well, we never watched any of the Marvel stuff. And then so this week, finally, is when I sat down and rewatched it. And when I went back to it, after knowing where it was going, there are so many little things that make sense now. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, again, not jumping the gun too much, but a lot of stuff with, um, Agatha, Mm -hmm. um, like a lot of that makes a lot more sense. I remember when I was watching this, I was coming up with all these theories about, Hey, what's going on with specific town members and like, what's this, what's that. And you know, when you see the conclusion, it's like, Oh, all this makes sense. But like watching it back, it's like, this show is like smart in how it portrays a lot of what's going on. Like there's a lot of mystery to it. Like uh, I was talking with my wife about this when, when we were watching it uh, to rewatching it together for the show. And it's like, there are times where the show almost feels like X files at times where there's like a lot of mystery and like intrigue kind of, and like weird shit happening. The unexplained it. So cool. So cool. I mean, that's why that's one thing that's so nice about it is that it is such a mystery show. You're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And the show just keeps giving you breadcrumbs all the time. Yeah. It doesn't really tell you, like, it's there. Like, even, I know, like, before, when it first came out, or right, or right around the time that you were starting to talk about certain people that were in it, like, you had Emma Caulfield from Buffy and Angel. Uh, she plays Dottie in this. And, like, I remember, you know, like, there was, they had all these big stars, but they, you know, they're in very little parts of the show, too, which kind of threw me for a loop also. Yeah, 100 percent. Like this show for the first three episodes, like you're very much in the dark. Yeah, there are little breadcrumbs, like you were saying, here or there trying to like kind of reveal a little bit about what's going on and like how characters are related to one another and, and, and how Wanda is reacting to certain events. But like once you get to like episode four, the uh, the curtain is kind of <laughs> pulled back a little bit more and then you start to fall down that rabbit hole a little bit more. And that's that's when I feel like the show really gets a lot of momentum, not to say the first three episodes don't have a lot to you know push you forward momentum wise. But yeah, this show snowballs once you get to that like fourth episode, I feel like. And it was really fun to watch him in a binge this time to keep that, you know, ball rolling for sure. That's where I, I, I didn't like the first three as much until the fourth one came out and things started to be explained. I didn't like being in the dark as much as you as I as you are in the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I like that kind of stuff because it was so different than anything Marvel had done before. Yeah, right? I really was. like I, I really this was the first show that really showed me that Marvel can't like isn't afraid of telling stories in some different ways, maybe taking risks a little bit, you know, like Thor Ragnarok was a very different movie than some of the other ones before. Like it had the, you know, like kind of a heart and soul to it that you only really saw in maybe like guardians of the galaxy before that. And then this show was just like, here, we're going to talk about grief and this show is going to be sad at times. And it's going to be weird and strange and, uh, uh loved it. Oh, yeah, it. It's fucked up. It's fu- Yeah. It's, <laughs> man and like i was saying before it gives you a lot of context to who wanda is and she's a very tragic character the way she's portrayed in the marvel you know cinematic universe it she's been through some shit and they really (laughs) they do a good job of like kind of putting you in her shoes a little bit and experiencing some of that trauma that she has gone through to explain how she got to where she is you know and you know they did a good job of not making it clear cut who's a bad guy and who's a good guy. I mean, even when you get to the end of the show, it's like Wanda's not a good guy here. You know, like she's not very much the villain of this show. Like, yes, they portray her in a heroic light at times, but she is a bad guy. Like far none. Like she is a bad guy here. Oh, yeah. I consider her the villain of the show. I still do. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
there's not a lot of good guys outside of our um you know our trio uh on the outside of the hex you know well several vision yeah vision of course the the vision who is like the the constant the the angel you know but yeah I think we should jump in. I want to jump in the first two episodes because when this show dropped, it dropped episode one and two at the same time. Yeah. And that was completely a choice. This is also the longest of the shows. This went nine episodes where all the other ones only go six. Yep. yep, yep. And this is also the only one where they really changed the way that the shows were. They're not as, they can vary from 30 minutes to an hour, where the other ones are usually about an hour for each episode, something a little bit less. But this was different. Yeah, and and I really actually appreciated that because again, we were talking about like momentum earlier. I feel like that builds better because as you get deeper into the series, the episodes are getting longer for the most part. So it's like it, it's it's building that hype and that mystery, and like it's really propelling itself forward through that. Like really, really solid stuff. But yeah, those first two episodes, very um, they look very distinct for sure. <laughs> Like, I know, like, one of the first scenes you see is you see her, her vision holding her as they're walking into the house, and his Dick Van Dyke song kind of is playing, and she, like, jump. he goes through the ottoman instead of jumps over it like you do in Dick Van Dyke, and I'm just like, and as a kid who grew up watching Nick at Night all the time, I'm like, well, I know that reference immediately. Yeah, exactly. The Dick Van Dyke vibes, I Love Lucy vibes, like, very uh, bewitched, I Dream a Genius. Oh, yeah. Those, those are the touch points for these first two episodes, for sure. And it it nails that aesthetic. I mean, I I was incredibly impressed with how they made these familiar characters look different and embody those different time periods of television. You know, as much as it is a Marvel show, it's an homage to, you know, these sitcoms of of uh, the past, past and present, I guess, because we, <laughs> we get to like modern family ish times. So um, that's that past. It's not as bad. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Showing my age here. Modern Family is a new show. <laughs> it, it, it's just the way they did it was just like the first episode, like the first two really just like, I'm like, what the hell is happening when I first saw these? Now when I rewatched them and I was looking and paying attention to what was going on, there's a couple different clues that really like jump out at me. Mm-hmm. Like there's one early on, like when they bring the, the couple, his boss over for dinner. And he starts choking. I don't know. I can't remember if he actually ate any food or he just started choking because he said something I wanted didn't like. Yeah. So the boss starts asking questions about, you know, what are you guys doing? And it's like at first, it's like that's a pretty innocent question to ask the new people of town. Yeah. But like he keeps asking it over and over. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? It gets like more intense and more intense. And, you know, once you realize, you know, Wanda has trapped all these people within this hex, it's like. This makes sense. It's like his real personality coming through and Wanda's not having it. So he starts choking and die. And he's like, vision, stop it. Stop it. You got to stop it. And, you know, Wanda's not not ready to talk about her past, talk about how they got there. She wants to just live in this moment. She's she's in denial, right? Like this show steps through the like five different stages of grief, like incredibly well. And this is like 100% denial. And as the watcher, you don't even know what the hell's going on. All of a sudden you're just dropped into the 1950s. You have in black and white, you have no idea what's going on. The show explains absolutely nothing in these first two episodes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, it's, and it wasn't until my second watch when I picked up when, when she's saying that and you look and you have the girl from that 70s show, the mother, she's like, stop it, stop it. And she goes, stop it, Wanda, 
stop it, stop it. And she just keeps saying, I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, now I get it. It's because, like you were saying, she's starting to kind of break free of the control because he's, she's killing him and then Vision goes and saves him. And it's just like these little things that I did not pick up on first. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't know what's happening. You don't know why you're in the 1950s. And you even have like things, I don't think the first episode, but the second episode with the radio where, you know, they communicate with the radio. You have a voice that I didn't even recognize right away because it's, it's Darcy's voice from Thor and Thor Dark World. Where, you know, she's like, Wanda, who's doing this to you? Wanda. And it's just so good. It is. It's great. But but yeah. And like you see, again, the set dressing is incredible. And all the actors that were involved in this gave very good performances. Like Elizabeth Olsen should be really proud of the work she did on this because you can see the distress in her face a lot. But then, you know, flipping a switch to anger you know, at the drop of a hat, you know, like you, you see that and she, she does it so incredibly well. You know, that scene with the boss choking, you're like, she looks, you know, distressed, but then like you see some anger in that face too. You know, it's, it's really, really well done. Really well done. Oh yeah. She's a great actress. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, and she does such a good job of really emoting and showing different things and just everything that like went on. Like, it, and you know, it's just, and it's also was funny to me like one point, cause you know, we have a thing in the calendar they can't remember the first episode. And she comes down in what would be considered risque, you know, the 1950s, not anymore. But right. it was just kind of funny to me, too. <laughs> I'm like, that's not risque at all. Right, right, right. <laughs> so um, I was listening. I was like, but it reminded me like Dick Van Dyke is something would have been like, oh, you know, or like, in B- like also like the second episode, like a Bewitch reference, they have two different beds. Next yep. year, because they can't sleep in the same bed, even though they're a married couple, because that's, you couldn't show that on TV back in the 1960s, 50s. Yep. So I love those little touches, especially, you know, growing up with Nick and Knight. It was just, and it was just, but like when my wife watches, like, what the hell is going on? Because she's like, well, she knew I thought. I'm like, just keep watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just keep it going. You'll see. And and like you were saying, like the the attention to detail is so excellent. I want to talk about the the ads that kind of show up in in here too. So in the first episode, there's an ad that's for like this like toaster. You know, like it just a, a really basic kind of commercial there. But it says in that ad, forget the past. This is your future. And it's like <laughs> that is speaking directly to Wanda in that moment. Right. Like she doesn't want to think about anything that's happened before. She is just focused on the present right now that this reality that she created her for herself so she can shelter herself from dealing with all the trauma that she's been going through. You know, I, I love that. And you, and you, like you said, on a rewatch, you pick up so much more of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Cause it's one of those things where once you have your eyes open to what's going on, everything makes sense. I'm assuming Loki will be a lot the same way when I go back to that. Yep. 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 Um, <laughs> looking forward to. Yes, yes, yes. Also, we haven't talked about Agnes, uh, or yeah, yeah, uh, we haven't talked about her so much. She was great. She's a- absolutely. Catherine Hahn killed it Dude, in that role. What a great cast! What a great casting there! Like so, just bullseye, absolute bullseye. You know, this perfect nosy neighbor that's got this like. <laughs> weird energy about her and you know as the show progresses and she shows her true colors she does an excellent job of, of flipping that switch too kind of like yeah. elizabeth olsen olsen does throughout where she kind of switches between these like you know vastly different emotions khan does the same thing she did excellent excellent job like you see her in these first two episodes she just kind of shows up like well here's a pineapple for your upside down cake and just little things but she keeps showing up and she even she even in the beginning makes little comments it, it gets way more later, but they're like, I'm like, that's a little odd where everyone is a certain way, but she's just a little bit different. 
but like, and it fits in the genre of TV that they're that they're yes. spoofing at that time, right? Because that's exactly what that character would be like in those sitcoms, right? Like they would just show up at the right time with the right thing, so it made sense. But once you realize he's not there for the best intentions, <laughs> it all it all starts to make a lot more sense. And I really like that, even from an early part of this show, they show that Vision is like like catching on. You know, there are moments where he is just like, "This is weird." But then Wanda always kind of either legitimately resets the scene and resets him, <laughs> yeah. uh, which that was a great cut in that second episode where like he's like asking questions and he sh- and she's like, nope, we're, we're just redoing this whole thing. Excellent. But like the beekeeper, too. Yes. Yes. Right after that, they should just like basically it's like just a hard cut. Just boom. And you're right back to pre the bee guy coming into the scene. Excellent stuff there. But yeah, like vision is almost like stand in for us as the audience like hey what is going on right now asking questions like pointing out stuff that's weird it's it's so cool it's so cool and i was also trying to figure out like how is it vision because vision was you know is dead right right so i'm like well this doesn't make sense and that still like doesn't make a ton of sense to me i guess like it once they kind of reveal like wanda with the chaos magic scar like finally giving her the name scarlet witch and all that stuff and like kind of expressly saying that she has like the power to like spontaneously (laughs) manifest stuff. Yeah. Like once, once that is kind of expressly said, those things make sense. But yeah, I, I too was like, how the fuck is vision here? Like, like what is going on? (laughs) You know, I think it's the the first up here, the weird little scene with the red copter just shows up and it had the sword logo on it and there's nothing being said. And I'm like, I know that logo. I know it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That gave me uh, Pleasantville vibes too, right? Where oh, yeah. you're, you're in a black and white world, but here is just this stark colored item that really stands out quite a bit. Like, I love that little uh, that little part. And in the second episode, that's when you have a scene where she cuts herself, or not her, but Dottie cuts herself because they're arguing that when the radio is talking, she breaks the glass and cuts herself. And then she's like, and then the blood is just, you know, it's red where everything's black and white, but the blood is red and Wanda's so thrown off by the radio talk. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like showing that this is reality, right? Like Wanda doesn't want to believe that she's in, in reality right now. She, she made this reality, right? Where everything's perfect. Like the sitcoms that she grew up on. So when she sees that blood red, it's like, Oh no, 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 no. This is, you're invading my reality that I've created. I don't want to see this, right? Like you see that throughout the show. Like every time when like a townsperson kind of breaks, she (laughs) is like not having it. You know, she can't, she has a very hard time dealing with what she is actually. Cause I don't think she's completely aware in the first two episodes yet that she created this. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's the third episode when she starts realizing that it's her creation. Also, at the end of the second episode, when you have them finally start to add color and then they jump into the 70s. Yep. Which is, again, wasn't that kind of like a Brady Bunch spoof, I think? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I wrote down here, too. Definitely Brady Bunch vibes here. Yeah. In that era. I mean, that's the main one I remember from the 70s that I watched as a kid on Nick at Night because that's what they had on at the time. It's. And in episode three does another one of those like blink backs in time where vision starts to get close to something and Wanda's like, no, I'm not. I'm not having it, you know, like I, I think you're right that Wanda maybe doesn't know exactly what she's done, but you can tell that when somebody gets close to threatening that thing, she's very acutely aware of that. Cause you see it 
when the Bumblebee guy comes out. You see it when uh, was it Geraldine when she's like kind of interesting. Yes, in the, in the third episode. Yeah, yeah. When 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 she starts asking questions and doing stuff, like she is very much aware that there are threats to this perfect world that she's created, and she's willing to defend them. You know. I think she just kills the beekeeper guy, kind of, pretty much. She just disappears. You never see him again. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, you, that's that's actually a good point. You never do see that get, that guy again, and it just she just snaps reality back mm-hmm. in time. So what the hell happened to that guy? Really, you know? She just killed him. She had the power. I mean, the third episode is when you have her get pregnant, like, instantaneous, and then throughout the episode, she goes from, you know, being getting pregnant to being having babies. Yep, yep. <laughs> It's wild, right? It's, it's also like a 70s moment with the TV. The guy's like, I'm going on vacation. He's got the, you know, his the sunscreen all on his nose. He's like, oh, the car won't start. Oh, I guess I won't be going. I'm like, yeah, because she's not going to let you go. You can't leave. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like She's got a stranglehold on, on this town and all these people. I also really loved that in episode three when uh, Pietro comes up, like that name comes up. Like, I think it's oh, yeah, her friend mentions it. Like, oh, yeah, he died all the time. What did you say? Yeah, yeah. But like. When she hears that voice, because she like asks, like, hey, do you have a brother? And she's like, yeah, his name is Pietro. And you you can see the change in emote on her face, like going from like having a pleasant conversation and it, she just sinks. You know, like she sinks back into that depressive state, you know, that state of grief because she just remembers the loss of her brother, you know, her only family that was left. You know, like it's really heartbreaking. Again, Elizabeth Olsen. Kills it, kills yes. it in, the, in those scenes. Well, I forgot to mention from episode two, like the whole magic trick when you get the seat when you get the gum, which doesn't make any sense, but because yeah. he's in the sixties, he's a machine, so it's different. Like that was funny too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this show um, has its moments where it is light and fun. That magic show is a, is a good example of that, where just Paul Bettany is just having a ball, you know, acting <laughs> like he's completely drunk. drunk on stage. You know, it's great. So good. Something else happens in the third season. I mean, most of the third season is about her getting pregnant. Is that when Vision starts to realize, like, when he talks to the guy and disconnects him? Is that the third episode? No, Norm, that happened. I think that's in, like, episode five. Yeah, episode five is when he does that. But I'm pretty sure in episode three is when Vision goes outside. And I think it's Herb. Like, he's cutting the hedges. Yeah, he starts cutting the wall. Starts cutting to the wall. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, you know, Agatha's out there too, and they're in their chatting. And at that point, you, I was like, they're, I thought they were both in on it. Like, I thought for sure Herb was like suspicious as hell. I was Me like, too. this guy, this guy is like a bad dude. I thought she was bad too. But it's like, yeah, you start, you see these weird things happening where the, like, the, the townsfolk are like, you can tell they're behaving weird and they want to say something, but they can't <laughs> or like they're, they're being restrained somehow. It's, it's really cool. It's, really it's cool. also during this when, when he's cutting through the wall, when Agatha, A- Agnes makes the comment of, you know, Geraldine doesn't have a house. How did she get here? Like planting that seat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a, she does a good job a, of manipulating Wanda all throughout the show. It's, yeah, it's she really, does. It's really good. It's another thing. Like, it's super fun to rewatch the episodes and see where she is, you know, pulling those strings, you know? Well, once you know what's going on, like, you can really see what she's up to. Uh-huh. The other thing that I really liked in episode three is this is the first time it shifts to show you, like, the real world. And in that shift, 
you go from having like the black bars on the side of the screen and then it shifts resolution to put them on the bottom. So it's like, you know, you are shifting to the outside world as a viewer and it's also shifting the way your screen resolution looks at the same oh, time. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's a very like visceral way of showing you this is a different this is somewhere different, you know, like you're you're not where you have been, uh, which I excellent attention to detail. Love that little little bit. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. I mean, third episode, I'm trying to get any other messed up or other moments I want to mention in the in the third when you first get color that I can remember. Let's see what else does it say? Oh, this is when you have. No, I think it's just oh, I mean, since she kicks out Geraldine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That. So I, I have a lot of questions about this. Like she, she takes her and she throws her out of the thing. In my opinion, she was trying to kill her because she gets out and she makes the comment. She's like, Wanda saved me. I don't think Wanda saved her. Yeah, it's. Um, I also don't believe that. Excuse me, I had a little bit, but I don't believe she got her powers from going in and out of the portal. I think she had the powers to begin with. Hmm. Yeah, like her, her like photon getting her powers is like a. That was all it didn't make a lot of sense. Even on the rewatch, it's like, you know, they mentioned that going in and out is rewriting her DNA, which makes sense because Wanda can reshape reality. Like they kept kind of mentioning that stuff. But it just it felt really um Well, there's in the fourth episode when when she's doing that and they're looking at her and when Darcy says that to her, Darcy from the Thor movies, she ignores her when they talk about the scan. She doesn't if you just got your DNA rewritten, I don't care who the hell you are. You're going to be concerned for a moment with <laughs> a bone. She's not concerned. And to me, there was no surprise on her face. Yeah. I, like I read it more as Monica doesn't give a shit. Like she's like very concerned with moving forward. And I think this show does a good job of showing that Monica has also gone through a lot of grief. She's gone through a lot on her own and she's seeing some of herself in Wanda. So she's wanting to be that friend who's there for her in those moments. So I think that's where she is saying like, Hey, she, she could have killed me, but she didn't. So like, I, I agree. It's kind of ticky tacky there. It's not right. as it's not as it's not shown as clearly as a lot of other things in the show. But like, I really think that the role that Monica is playing in this is here is like somebody who would be like in the same support group as Wanda, you know, like if they were in a yeah. grief in a grief group, Monica like is leading the the session or something like that. Cause Hey, I went through this too and I want to help other people. So she's, she's that stand in for the, the friend that you need to lean on in, in these moments, or at least that's how I. Okay. I completely, I read it as she had her powers already. Mm-hmm. Cause they make a comment also in the fourth episode where, or somewhere she makes a comment about when there's a drone, she's like, normally you're up there with the drone. <laughs> and I don't think they meant flying a plane. So I, because it's weird. So, so she's connected to Carol. Damn. Do you know who right? she is from the comics? She's the daughter of. The, some, I, I, I don't know. Monica, she's the daughter of the Rambo that was friends in the Captain Marvel movie of Carol Danvers. Yes. Yes. And then her mother then takes over sword later on in the comics. The girl, is it Monica Rambo? Yeah. Her name also in the comics is Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. Or Fort Connor, they call her later on. So they didn't have four different Captain Marvels. Sure. Sure. But she's not, she has powers. Like when they said her name, like, and just the way that she is in the show, I believe she already had powers and was well aware of it. And that's why she does something she does because she's not scared because she's like, well, I got powers. I don't care. 
Gotcha. Yeah, I, I mean, the show tries to make it seem like she got her powers yeah. from this, but she never has the surprise that somebody would have who just got powers. Yeah, I, I can I can see how you could read it that way. Totally. I could totally see that. And like the thing that I didn't like, because like I had a harder time connecting those dots to Captain Marvel with, with Monica. Like I understood that, like, OK, so Captain Marvel, that movie was in the 90s. So it makes sense that her this daughter is like of an age where she would you know be uh, an adult at this time. Um, but I was having a really hard time understanding why does she not like Captain Marvel? Because it made it very, very uh, well, purposely haven't said that. Oh, OK. So it's not that that's that's a choice. Some She's in Captain Marvel, too. Okay. Something is supposed to have happened in between the 1990s to when this takes place, which is 20 something after, you know, Endgame has happened. Something's supposed to have taken place with them to why they're not a fan of her. At the time, if I remember correctly, the second Captain Marvel movie was supposed to take place as another prequel sometime like but later, but before they actually got to current day. God, okay, I'm, so that that makes sense then, because, yeah, I was I was really scratching my head. Like, did I miss something? Because at the end of Captain Marvel, it didn't seem like uh, it's, they were it's something like, bad term. They did, you know, like it wasn't like they were adversaries. It was it was just it was a different kind of relationship. Right. So I'm glad that you told me that they haven't expressed that yet, because I'm still over here scratching my head about that whole thing. So that, that you know, it's a, purpose, it's a purpose so set up that they don't that is going to lead into, in my opinion, Secret Invasion and the Captain Marvel movie that we're getting eventually soon. Makes sense. Makes sense. It's all set up. But on the fourth episode, which I haven't we haven't said, is that's the episode that one, a lot of people got upset about. <laughs> Because <laughs> it takes you out of the TV world, and it starts off with Monica Rambeau coming out of the blip and waking, waking up in a hospital, and then running around. And other people are coming back and finding out her mother her mother died three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, a that's a messed up scene too. Yeah, I it's this show has a lot of like you know kind of horrifying imagery and like horrifying concepts, and I thought this was like the scariest in one of the most like visceral scenes. And it's like, I love that they, that Marvel has all these opportunities to do shows and movies that are happening after these big events, because they get to show what's going on in the world, you know, like what's happening with everyday people, right? Like a, a post snap would be a crazy fucking thing to happen, right? That would be worse. I mean, I think the blip is actually worse than the snap. Yeah. I mean, not in the case of like, oh, it's terrible if people came back, but like the effect that it would have had on reality and people's lives is one thing to lose everybody and you suffered with it for five years and all of a sudden everybody's back, but they didn't age. Yeah, it's it's really it's really crazy. And I just I love that they show a different perspective on the the blip, you know, like it. I thought that scene was was excellent. So well done. But yeah, horrifying. Absolutely horrifying at the same time. It's also why I really like episode four, too, because it this is the one where you get to see Darcy. You get to see, God, what is his name? Agent Wu from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, Jimmy Wu, man, that guy's awesome. I'm so glad. I'm so glad he got like uh, a lot of screen time in the rest of the show at this point because he's sick. I love that character. He does a great job. And like the first time you see him, he's in the first episode. Which we didn't. I think he's in the first episode. Or no, he's first is this episode. And when you first see him, he does the magic trick to give her the card, which, again, is a reference to, you know, when 
Batman of the Wasp when he was trying to learn magic and couldn't. Yep. yep. I love that little that little touch. Like it's just so many little things that this show does. And the fourth episode, this is when you get to see Darcy. It shows how Darcy was brought in. It shows you how Sword is trying to record the data, you know, and they get the and they get the signal because of Darcy. And it's like it does such a good job of keying in what the hell is going on. Yeah, yeah. So you see the helicopter, you see like the drone helicopter thing. So you, you understand where that came from. You understand where the bee guy comes from. <laughs> and they show him passing through the hex and changing physically. So it's like it's it's showing you all that stuff. And I really like that uh, in this episode as well, you get a split second view of Vision's dead body. Like <laughs> as like as Vision is like talking to Wanda, she has like a flashback and sees you know, the gem ripped out of his head. He's all gray and obviously very dead. Um, and, <laughs> yes. and you, and you see that. Um, I, I, I really, really like that. A split and, second. Yeah. It's really, again, horrifying. A lot of horrifying, like it's a scary, uh, scary, uh, episode and scary, like vision. Um, and I totally agree with you. I love that they brought back Darcy. I did not see that coming at all, but like what a perfect way to like incorporate some side characters into the larger Marvel universe again. You know, it's of course she would be a leading person in her field after all the shit she's seen, you know, and went through. <laughs> of course she would be. So it, it very good. Absolutely. This is also when you see that the, all the people that are in the, that are, you know, that have been all the actors in her shows are just people in the town that she changed. And I think that also kind of like, this is when you start, and this is when I simply said, Wanda's the villain. I'm like, and I, and I remember saying this people, if Wanda isn't being controlled, she is the villain 100 percent yep totally agreed totally agreed yeah, <laughs> this it, is where you start to see that the devilish side of wanda start to come forward and i remember the joke that kept going on around this time too because i remember i'd be on the internet and talking to people the joke i remember on, on facebook was always that Festo is somehow involved in this yes i i was convinced i was convinced for a long time that that, that was what was going on and this in the comic Festo is the one that is involved in the storyline when she has the kids Oh, that's also why they kept bringing him up. He, I don't remember. I don't know the stories, but I do know that something to do when the kids are first introduced in the comics, Mephisto is involved somehow. And you also see what is it like a locust several different times, which you can, which you can also be like that's connected to plagues, which is very much evil devil Mephisto. You know, like it, yeah. it's all it all seems like it's leading in that direction and. When it didn't go that way, I was a little let down at first, but the way they tie everything together, the way that like it, it completes, it's like, okay, that was fine. We, we don't need the devil. <laughs> we don't need the devil in this. <laughs> no, and I'm not surprised they didn't go down that road. I mean, they're not They're going to use Mephesto at some point. Got to. But not, I mean, that's a bigger character than they use for, because I mean, yes, this is a show, but this is also kind of like a mini movie in a way. I mean, it's longer than a movie, but that's kind of what this is like a mini series. Plus, first disney plus show right yeah. who knows how many people would actually get to watch it and if if that's going to be like a main villain at some point like that's not the, the place I mean, that's an avengers level threat i feel like yeah yeah but you know what you could also say that about kang right and and like he was introduced in loki so i i don't know who knows what they're and he's also in the movie but my opinion is kang will be an avengers level threat later at some point they're going to deal with him in ant-man but then he's going to actually get power later in my opinion mm. that's what i think they're gonna go with it i don't think he's gonna it's gonna be like loki he's gonna show up again i can't so if we're making predictions right now this may be a little bit of a tangent but i just want to get it get it out while i'm thinking about it i think 
that where we're headed with all of this is that we're going to get like a reverse house of M type situation where Wanda is like the mother of all mutants instead of erasing all mutants. Like it happens in the comic book. Right. I think that's what we're going to get to. Like maybe some sort of thing where like Wanda like dissipates herself or something like that to stop whatever threat. And then that creates mutants in the Marvel world or something like that. That's kind of where I think that this is all going is that, yeah, like they want to, they want to show again that like, she is like this ultra powerful character. And the way that I always remember them doing it in the comic books is through that house of M stuff, right? How do we do that and bring in the X-Men to the world? Just, just do the inverse, right? Just do the inverse of that, which I think would be like a fun way to spin it. But you know, we'll see. I'm calling my shot here, Mike. If that ends up <laughs> happening, we're going to come back to this recording and see that I'm a genius. <laughs> I, I mean, they got to do something to introduce mutants. They can't just be like, oh, you've been here this whole time and you just did, we just didn't talk right. about it. Like, you can't do that. Yes, exactly. I totally agree. You can get away with certain characters. You can get away with, like, yeah, Ghost Rider's been here all this time or Blade's been hiding. You cannot get away with mutants. Mm-hmm. So, totally agreed. So something's got to happen. I think Wanda's going to be the, the key to all that. But we'll see. We'll see. So we read episode five. Episode five. Uh, yes, this is this is the one I think is. I didn't know what show, this is like the the eighties one. This I didn't know what this was based on other than it felt like Full House. Yeah, yeah, Full House is what the the reference point that I kept going to. I bet there there are probably other eight, like late eighties, early nineties shows that were also like it being aped off of. But this is where they had really a really evocative like opening credit scene that's like oh. I've seen this sitcom before, you know, where they're showing the baby pictures. With and the all paintbrushes. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, like clearly aping on like that time period of sitcom, which I thought was really good. Again, uh, one of the things they do with those opening credit scenes is they start to like hide in like details about what's going on in the story and like the lyrics that are going on like that. I, there's better examples like in the later ones, but this is where you start to really see the stuff of like, Hey, they're trying to be a family together and stay together. And like, let's not break apart. You know, that kind of thing. Wanda's like losing touch with reality here, or maybe losing grasp on the reality that she created. And like this opening credit scene to me is like her trying to keep it all together because she really just wants this reality to happen so bad, you know? Also, my opinion is that is also Agnes or Agatha having a little bit to do with what's going on also. Sure. Because it's in this episode when you have the babies go from being babies to being five years old to being 10 years old. And Agatha is there and doesn't really do anything. Doesn't seem phased by it at all. No. And I was like, okay, well, she's controlled. But when she makes a comment about it, too, kids grow so fast these days or something. Where I'm like, okay, because I know when she was first introduced, everyone's like, Agnes is Agatha Harkness. Like, that's, everyone kept calling that early on. I'm like, eh, who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't really believe it. But it's just like, this was the part where they started really showing you, like, yep, there's something up with her completely. Like, she's 100%. not. And, like, Vision calls it out. Like, he calls it out very yes. specifically. Like, why she keeps showing up with exactly what we need, right? Like, this is where it becomes very explicit that Vision is seeing what's going on here. And is incredibly suspect of her as a person. Yeah, this when they have the dog for the very for no reason at all. The dog shows up just just to kill it, just to kill it. Oh, and this is the episode that I was talking about where Vision breaks through to one one of the people because he reads he gets an email from Sword that got into the database and he's reading it at work. And everyone's reading it at work, and it's when the guy's like, "Help me! I haven't talked to my sister. Help me!" And then he just talks back into the thing. 
Yeah, yeah, it's like actually. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's yeah. That that's such a creepy. It's so creepy. It's so <laughs> creepy. Yeah. They have some really fucked up moments too. And this, this is the this is the episode when they send the drone in, but they realize that any technology of sentiment doesn't exist in that time will change. They send the drone from the nineteen eighties into there, so it doesn't it doesn't change to try to talk to Wanda, except the sword guy. God, what the hell's his name? Hayward. Hayward. Oh, what is it? Hayward, I believe. Hayward is. I mean, Hayward is kind of a villain in this, but not really. He's like the typical military asshole, you know, like he's not he's not playing a villain. He's just he's playing the role that everyone knew he was going to be like nobody. I don't think anybody expected him to be a hero, you know. No, he, he makes a couple comments that I didn't pick up in, until this watch. Like in early on when you see him, he's always like acting director, acting director, what he says to Monica. When it has the flashback in one of the later episodes of when he was meeting Wanda for the first, meeting Wanda for the first time, not Monica. Monica, he says acting. Wanda, he doesn't say acting director to Wanda. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, because, eh, you know, he, it's a different, you know, how he was portraying himself. But it was a little thing that I caught. But the yeah, thing like, that, also, he makes a comment how there's no kids in town. Isn't it weird how there's no kids here? Yeah, he also is like saying, I can't remember my life before this. Like, I, I can't remember my life before Westview. He doesn't know who he is. He's scared. And he's like, he also is like, you can't make these choices for me, Wanda. You can't control me, Wanda. You know, like when they both like start like flying and like really yeah. fighting with one another, it's like vision started to put it all together. Like he's starting to, to figure it out, but he doesn't, he doesn't want to believe that his beloved is, you know, a bad person here, you know, like what, like, why would you want to do that? I mean, they're truly in love with one another. Of course yeah. he doesn't want to believe that. So, but you really see him struggling to make sense of things and the all knowing, all logical vision can't, and <laughs> that doesn't square with him. And he says he's scared, which is not an emotion you ever would associate with the vision, right? No, like he's a robot. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and she just lies to him. She just lies to him in that moment. And it's it's her denial. She's denying what reality is here. Maybe even like bargaining a little bit here. Or like, <laughs> you know, referencing uh, that's more later. That would be uh, more yeah. the, the episode from Modern Family reference. Right. Would that be more bargaining? Like they they touch on all the like the stages of grief, which is what is it? It's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Like those are the five stages and you can flow through those things. It's not like sequential. You can flow through them. Uh, however, you know, your mind works through it. And like, I try to attach those emotions to like different parts in the show. And like, they come up in a bunch of different places. I feel like. Yeah. As she's going through everything. Yeah. Like she, there's a lot of depression, a lot of anger, a lot of denial. Bargaining is harder to, to, to kind of place, but I feel like in the moment where she's really lying to vision and trying to like keep it all together, that is her bargaining with these people. Just like, no, no, no. Like I, I can make this better. I can make this better. I, let me fix it. Right. Like, cause she wants to hold this reality together. Like she's, she's making, uh, what I thought God, I really wanted this to happen, make a deal with the devil. To, <laughs> like that would have been like the ultimate bargain, right? We didn't go that direction, but you know, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's there, you know, it's there. I was expecting something like that to happen. And I, oh, and also the drone tries to kill her too. Fuck which is, this is when you see like a little bit different because Monica Rambeau just thought they were going to try to talk to her. They didn't realize he was going to try to launch a missile ladder and kill her. 
Yeah. And important to note there too. So Monica, again, kind of pleads Wanda's case. Like she's going through something. We need to help her. And then that's when they show Wanda breaking into sword and stealing the vision's body. And it's like, hmm, really hard to to argue with that, right? <laughs> really hard to argue with that moment. And you get more context on what happens there later. But in that moment, it's again, hmm, Wanda really looks like a bad villain here. And Monica isn't swayed by that, which again, like in my thesis here of Monica being like her best friend and like her like uh, support system, it makes sense that she stays grounded and wants to continue to help Wanda, but it's hard to when she's behaving like that, right? Yeah, it does. It does make sense. Now that you put it that way, and I'm thinking about it, that she's like trying to be that friend to help her, you know, accept what's happening to her. And this is when you have Sparky runs into a bush and dies for no reason. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, is when it ends is, you you know, they're arguing again in the house about what's happening. And you get a knock at the door, and Vision's like, do we always get a knock at the door? We're like, we're arguing or something. like, you know, not letting us have this conversation. And it's Evan Peters, who played Quicksilver from the X-Men universe, shows up as Pietro. Yes, I loved, loved, loved that moment. That's my favorite Quicksilver. He did, Evan Peters does an incredible job in those X-Men movies as Quicksilver. But, like, I love Evan Peters as an actor, too. Like, like side note, if you haven't watched American Horror Story season one, he plays one of the main characters, Tate, in that show. And he does an incredible job. Absolutely incredible job. I love Evan Peters. Um, I wish this wouldn't be the end of him in the Marvel Universe, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it is. Um, but, man, what a great little callback, you know? That was really cool. I remember it made people really think they're like, is he going to be, is he actually Quicksilver in the X-Men universe? Or are they bringing X-Men in? Like, and I remember saying, I'm like, no, whatever this is, is it's not, I'm like, with what we already have seen at this point in five episodes of the show, I'm like, it's not real. Like it is not, they're not going to bring in the X-Men this way. Yep. Yep. I'm, and this is when Darcy makes a comment. She's like, oh, they, they recasted Pietro. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that moment. It was so good. Uh, One other thing I wanted to mention before we keep moving on here is, uh, again, the ad that shows up in this episode is it's like Lagos. When you make a mess, you didn't mean to. Like, that's like kind of the tagline there. And it's just showing again, here is Wanda's kind of sadness and regret for the mistakes she's made in the past. Because if we go all the way back to her introduction, right, she was on the bad side. She was with Ultron and was part of the terrible mess that was you know the consequence not for lagos oh wait lagos is civil war oh you're right you're right you're right but what she but she was part of that too she wasn't able to save uh, no she was part of the captain america squad she takes the bomb and moves it away from captain america the crossbones when he blowing himself up and unfortunately she raised it up and blew up a building yeah exactly exactly which is like she she couldn't have she couldn't have stopped that from happening totally. Like she tried to do the right thing, but she's still fucked up. And that's still, again, weighing on her soul for more things that she did wrong, more, you know, more, more grief from, from the things that she did. So like, I, I, th- I still think that holds weight there. You know, that hold that holds water to like why they're saying that and why they're kind of showing it at this point in the show. Yeah. It was just, it was just, fun. the commercials are so good. Like there's also a commercial we forgot to mention early on about Hydra. A Hydra watch or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the commercials are so good that they that they sneak into here. Yeah, and it and it feels like those are almost like sequential in terms of like Wanda's life. It's like they kind of start with 
her, she wants to get away from the past that so she wants to get away from like when her parents died then hydra when she gets picked up with hydra and kind of gets her powers and then to this like it they move in that like kind of revealing her past in a very metaphorical kind of way um there some of those those uh ads are better than others but um <laughs> but still like a really cool idea very cool idea uh speaking of cool stuff episode six <laughs> I, I, I love that they show the old school costumes here you know like they wink and nod to the uh wanda and uh, vision of you know the comic book past it's uh, her her costume like this is the one that takes place in the 1990s setting i think it's like malcolm middle kind of what they're yeah. going off of yeah 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 but then, because it's halloween and she dresses up you know as a i forget what she calls it like a witch from sokovia yeah it's a, a sokovia um, like fortune teller yeah and i'm like it is she does it looks great as the original costume i love that look now, Vision, on the other hand, looks like an idiot. <laughs> it looks like an idiot. Yes, but so does the original Vision costume. Like, I, it just, it's, it looks like an idiot. So I, I think get it. I think Vision, uh, or I, I feel like the MCU did an incredible job of making Vision look awesome. Because in the comic books, I've always been like, dude, Vision looks stupid. <laughs> like, I've always thought Vision was kind of a dumb-looking hero. Um, so they did an excellent job of revamping how that character looks. Um, but yeah, his costume is goofy. <laughs> but uh, I also laugh because this is Tommy and Billy's her kids who are now ten. First Halloween, and when they dress up, they dress up as their characters too from the comics. Yep, yep. And I love that. And Evan Peters, P- the fake Pietro, puts on the the Quicksilver outfit, does the hair and everything. Like I'm like, this is great. Yeah, I loved it. I love that. It's so, and, what a way to dress that up to like literally <laughs> use Halloween as a way to sneak in these old school comic costumes. Like it, really smart, really, really smart. And I don't remember if it's the last episode of this episode when after the drone comes Scarlet Witch, Wanda, she leaves the hex that was blue, throws the drone at them changes like it you know interrupts the guards so they point their guns at the act at the director and then goes and then changes the hex into a red like where they can't enter it anymore where before the blue would suck anything up yeah yeah i think that was end of episode five, five? okay be, i think i could be wrong oh wait it's, it's my notes aren't i'm looking at the plot the outline of the episode doesn't completely say yeah, I don't remember exactly. I, I love this Halloween episode. I just thought it was just hilarious, too. And this is also when Vision is going out to be on the Neighborhood Watch, what they mentioned earlier. And Wanda, at one point, is like, oh, you know, Vision's on the Neighborhood Watch. And you guys like, no, Wanda's, uh, Vision's not working tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in that scene, you can see how scared Herb is, right? Yes. He says, like, oh, Wanda, do you want me to change something? Do you want me to do something different? And it's like, he is scared. And he is just willing to do whatever Wanda wants, like cater to her needs, because he's scared. You know, he's and so good, so good. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and like the routines, the, the routines that people are doing on the edge of town that Vision is seeing, you can see the woman crying as she's like kind of stuck in the uh, the pose where she's like putting up her laundry or whatever. And it's like we're on the edge of Wanda's influence here. How the hell is she controlling all these people all at once? It makes sense that the farther you get out from the center of town or the farther you get from Wanda, the less like kind of control she has, or maybe like the less she's thinking about controlling those things. Um, I have to see more the second that as it's farther out, because like you see this one woman just doing, trying to put like hanging clothes, but not really hanging clothes. Like nothing's happening. 
yeah, yeah. it's just crying and people aren't moving where when you see earlier scenes everybody's moving and trick-or-treating and also i love how you know in the last episode it makes comment there's no kids here and all of a sudden there's kids everywhere yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's so creepy it's so creepy like in those moments like when you see the woman crying while she's like trying to hang the laundry or whatever it's like these people know they're stuck yes you know, and they can't do anything about it it's just it's so again really scary horrifying con- conceptually horrifying stuff you know <laughs> like my god and uh i have to add the the ad that they showed in this one like hit me right in the childhood oh the old magic yogurt yeah the claymation very extreme looking shark with sunglasses i was like yes i would eat that i like i'm in that's like i remember those commercials when i was a kid that that one just like hit me square square in the chest i loved it yeah it did look like something right from the 90s except the kid dies on the island because he can't open the yogurt yeah, it like, like it's fucked up. Yeah, it's it's fucked up. But I, I I think like the message you're trying to send there, and again, like this was like one of the harder ones for me to interpret. It felt like this was like showing that Wanda's like willing to do whatever to survive because like she's been in survival mode her entire life. So it's just like kind of showing that like she's just willing to do whatever to survive. But I, I don't know. Like maybe that's that's not the quite right interpretation. But this I is love the runs into Agnes on the edge of town, like right where you and the barrier ends. And he like knocks her out of it in quotations because she's not she's already out of it. And that's when she's like, Dead. Yeah. and kind of like really fucks with him. This, this, this one threw me for a loop because I, I thought for sure Agnes was more into it. And all of a sudden she does it. I'm like, what? She's I'm like, I thought she had more control over things. And I'm like, okay, I'm wrong because that's what it's made to make you think that she's under the spell too. Yes, yes. it's really there to like take you away and change how you feel, how you're thinking things, and it's the one that really throws you for a loop because Agnes always seemed very sure of herself, and then somehow when he does his thing, Vision does his thing where he takes her, takes them out. All of a sudden, they kind of like you know she's she's like, oh, your Vision, you're here to save us. You're an Avenger. It's like, wait, you died, and and that fucks with them too, like really bad. Mm-hmm. And then also at the same time, you have Darcy Lewis, the Rambo Lewis, Darcy Lewis, and Wu get in trouble with the director, get kicked out of the base, and then sneak back because they're trying to find more information about what's going on. Speaking of those three, there's this one part that had me rolling when uh, Hayward is like, oh, who's the sassy best friend? And then fucking Jimmy Wu steps up and starts talking. And it's like, that's it. He's the sassy best friend here. I love that. Got it. I love those two. The chemistry between those three characters was like some of my favorite in this whole show. So good. So, I mean, Will was not a character I cared for a whole lot in Ant Man and Lost. Like, sure, he's good, but this made him just great. Yeah, 100%. Again, shows that Marvel knows how to use kind of bit characters, uh, how to bring them back and use them effectively in different situations. Um, I know we, we had touched upon this earlier, but I really I wanted to point out that this was the episode in which Quicksilver points out that Wanda's accent flows in and out. Oh, yeah. uh, this this is when he he's like she asked him, hey, where's your accent? And he goes, where's yours? You know, like <laughs> really points at him. And it's like, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Right, Quicksilver? Like, I love that. I absolutely love it's, it's so funny. And then you get to really see them use their powers, too, because both Quicksilver and the kid are running around stealing all the candy and doing things. Yeah. And you never see Wiccan's power, really, because I guess they couldn't really show it or they want to yet. Because he's more like he's more like Scarlet Witch. He can, like, he's telepathic and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I understand. 
that's what I was getting like the the vibes from. You almost like it was almost like reminding me of like a Sorcerer Supreme, like a Doctor Strange like character. On that level. Like not that powerful, but he's a sorcerer too. Like that's what the other kid, that's what his power is. That makes sense. That makes they sense. They didn't they don't really get into other than he can hear vision. Like when vision leaves at one point in this, he leaves through the wall and starts to disintegrate, and then that's when Billy can sense it and then tells Wanda, and then she does her whole thing where she makes the fu- the boundary farther, and she just in- makes the whole hex go a lot farther and envelop all the the director and you know, the whole sword camp, not director, but the whole sword camp, and a whole bunch of new areas that weren't covered before. Yep, and another really creepy moment at the end of this episode when the hex is growing like that, and Hayward's on the on the walkie-talkie. He's like, can anybody hear me? Can anybody hear me? It, like, it's... I don't feel for that character, but that was like, again, like a scary moment, you know? Yeah, because everyone's interesting everybody. Mm-hmm. And the other thing uh, that's like kind of the, the, the onset of that scene, you know, talking about how Wanda like changes her voice a lot. She, Wanda's serious voice comes out here where she kind of goes down a register and like you feel the impact of the things she's saying because again, very well acted by Elizabeth Olsen. Um, but yeah, she does. She uses her voice really well here to show that she's like really fucking angry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> loved it. It really shows how good of an actress she is too. Did she win an Emmy for the show? I don't recall. I don't remember what I know this. This show was up for a lot of Emmys. And I think some of it was like for like set design, costume design, that kind of stuff. I don't remember if she won an award for it, but she should like she she won. A, hey, I like your acting performance. I just oh, they did not win any Emmys. It looks what? like that's some bullshit. Man. We were nominated for total three. Oh, they picked up three. I apologize. They picked up three Emmys earning awards for outstanding fantasy sci-fi costumes. You're right. Outstanding production design for a narrative program. And I'll say the original music and lyrics for the catchy Agatha all along. Okay. Okay. But she didn't win anything. Which is some bullshit. Like I said, I'm giving her the hey, I like that acting <laughs> award. <laughs> here, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, no, she, she really should have won something. Totally. And this is when, like, the seventh and eighth, the seventh episode, this is when you start getting to, like, the, this is, I think, the reference on what Office Space and Modern Family and things in the 2000 settings. Yeah, this, this is like Modern Family. 100%. Which, I didn't get any of this because I have never watched Modern Family or any of these shows. Like I've never seen The Office yet. Oh man, the, the Modern Family is excellent. That's actually a really really funny show. I just I don't like sitcoms a lot, so I stay away from them. That that makes sense. If you're not into sitcoms, like I, you may not like it. But it is the, but they're not my thing. Modern Family does a really good job of kind of like Parks and Rec, where it's like a lot of jokes per minute. Uh, that show is really funny. It's it's really really funny. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. Uh, but this is this you can really you get a vibe very early on in this episode that Wanda's spinning out of control. And from the opening credits, all of everything is focused on Wanda. You don't like so much of the opening credits and all the other episodes has vision very much uh, involved. And this is all like a supercut of like Wanda uh, in a bunch of different like written out in a bunch of different like typesets. And then vision kind of comes in at the very end again, shows like. Her isolation, her denial, her depression. It's really coming to the forefront here. Okay. And and this is also like a lot in the episode when she's in the house, you have Agnes come early on and offer to babysit Tommy and Billy, the kids. And the whole house starts changing, like going to the different eras, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Like I, I, you know, it's showing she's losing control. As she has a little interview part where she's sitting down talking to someone, like I guess that's from Modern Family or Office Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in... in yeah, in Modern Family and in The Office, they do like interstitials where it's like, okay, 
like the scene is happening and then they cut to the character talking to a cameraman of some sort, almost like a, a fake reality show type thing. But that format makes for some great jokes. Like Agatha has a perfect moment in here where she says, oh, I don't like, oh, kids, don't be afraid of me. I don't bite. Then they cut to her in front of like the camera. She's like, I did bite a kid once. <laughs> like that was, that was funny. Like that's that's some good stuff. I love that. Mm-hmm. It, she really kind of this is the episode where she really comes out too later on. Agatha, Agatha all along like it, you know, <laughs> it, it was like meme to death after this but it for for with you know good right it was so it like so good so well done really catchy really, song i was gonna say very catchy tune you know i, I like i was humming it all morning you know it, it's great it's really good and it fit everything per- perfectly when you and this is how they show you that it was her the whole time with a song showing the different scenes you show up and what she was doing and it shows again, Agatha's in, in, like has been influencing a lot of this stuff, and you and you see it in another one of those cutaways where, where Wanda's talking to the camera, and typically the cameraman never talks back, right? But in the, in in this case, it says, "Do you think you're getting what you deserve? Like, is this what you deserve, Wanda?" And it's like that's Agatha getting in her head, you know, com- like just making her stay in that depressive state, staying in a state of denial, just like wallowing in this grief. And it's like, you know, she's attacking Wanda with that kind of inner monologue fucking with her. Like it is very, very good. Very good here. It really makes this episode too. And I mean, this was a, like, this is one of the episodes that I, I was glad I watched immediately before I went on the internet. I also, I laughed really hard the first time I laughed this time too, that like all like the sword guy, they all become, they all become the circus and they're all clowns. Yep. Exactly. So she saw them. She saw them as clowns. Exactly. Because they are clowns. Uh, it, yeah. It's so funny. Like, you know, Vision wakes up and he sees Darcy and they're like, oh, yeah, you're not a clown. You're on and you're with the escape master. And Darcy, because she was, you know, handcuffed to the to the truck when the Nexus came. And then now she's an escape artist wearing all the chains. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Excellent. Stuff <laughs> and she's like, you're not my type. And he's just following her. And, and she's like, I, he's like, I, you know, we made eye, eye kind of. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Get away from me. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, I love I love Darcy. Like, Cat Danny does a great job. Yeah, she was excellent. She was excellent in this whole thing. Um, I again, like, I think this is where they start to kind of talk more about like Monica's power origin a little bit. During uh, this episode, like, this is when they're they're getting the vehicle to go into the Nexus, and they and they, and they mention it, but I still don't believe it's the vehicle. Or like, I I believe she already had the powers. I'm going to say that again, just because of the way she acts. It's it's weird, but they they do show kind of again monica has gone through a lot of struggles of her own she can relate and then it also kind of sets up this this dynamic of somebody needs to stand up to wanda here because agatha's not right she's (laughs) manipulating wanda we need a good guy to to stand up and say hey wanda you're fucking up you know like we we need that character just like a good support network will do that they will like a a good friend will know when to give you a hug or when to slap you you know like it and again i think that really embodies like what monica's role is here Um, because you see her try to use the vehicle the vehicle fails and then she just pushes her way into normally into the sphere the nexus she's not supposed to be able to which again the fact that she knows she can do it when the vehicle can't also to me shows that she knows she has powers like she's aware of what she can do well, That's why also, I don't think it was ever the, the Nexus that gave her powers. I'm going to keep saying that. But you could also interpret it like this, where it's like, you know, that friend who 
you know, you're never picking up the phone. You know, your, your friend who's depressed and doesn't doesn't want to come out of her shell. Monica is literally forcing her way in because she knows her friend needs her. You know, it's like it's what like that's how I really interpreted it there. But like, you know, I could be thinking like ways far outside the box here. Uh, it's more like why they did something from a realistic standpoint, like what the what the meaning was. Yeah, I'm looking more at a bookie thing. Like this is what I think they were trying to say. Can we also talk about how creepy uh, Agatha's basement is? It's so, so good. Yes, that is. That basement is. That's more next episode, right? Is that the end? No, I think, yeah, that's more the next one. I, well, like, it's end of this episode. Like, oh, yeah, it's right off. Where she's, exactly. like, walking down the stairs, and you start to see, like, the vines creeping, and it's like, what the fuck is this? And it's like, you know, again, to me, oh, no, it's like... The, it's this episode, sorry. It's this one. Yeah, yeah. It has it has that like creepy again. I, I keep, I'll say it again, like X Files the kind of feeling to it. It's like here's just like a slight creepy thing, and then when she like walks through the door and she's in this like clearly seemingly very old like basement with all these like stone pillars and stuff. Like it's just like oh shit, you know. And then you get to Agatha all along, and everything's there. purple. Yeah, it's a purple in there, which like because red is like Wanda's power, and this is all purple because it's, it's Agatha's power. You find out that Ag- Agnes. Was Agatha Harkness, who was a witch this whole time. Yep, yep. Oh, the other thing I want to mention is, like, you had the whole conversation with Darcy and Vision, where she tells Vision, like, yeah, you know, you're dead. <laughs> like, none of this is real. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you, so you're rehashing Vision's death through the lens of, like, somebody else, you know, telling Vision that. And it's almost like you're reliving it for Wanda, too. Like, so Wanda had to kill Vision. Then she had to watch Vision get killed. And it's like, Damn. That would be pretty traumatizing, wouldn't yeah. it? You know, like that would fucking suck if you had to watch so, your beloved get killed. That you had to kill your beloved, and then you had to watch as he got killed, and because you couldn't do anything about it. Like that's tough. You know, and it served nothing in the end. Yeah, exactly. It didn't do anything. It didn't do anything. It was hopeless. So, like, you can understand what, to a certain extent, why Wanda is as fucked up as she is. Now, does that give her any uh, reason to do what she does? Fuck no. Hell no. no. But. But you understand, you like understand why she is so fucked up right now. It does a good job of showing what made her this way. Again, and she and that character needed it. That character needed it. She didn't get it in any of the movies. So I'm I'm glad that's where it went. But but yeah, good stuff. It's not what you would have expected to happen. Mm-mm. Not it's at all. Really throws you for a loop, which is what makes it so good, though. Absolutely. Let me pull back up my notes and oh, and and then anything else? Oh, they also this one in the commercial for this episode is a Nexus antidepressants, which I didn't really get a whole lot. Yep. Which I guess it's more of saying that by you know she's being the Nexus, so she's not suffering. Yeah. Depression. Like what, she's in her illusion. Exactly. Like she created her own you know antidepressant, which is this reality. You know. That is that that is kind of her antidepressant is, you know, running away from the situation and, you know, creating a whole her own world. Um, But, yeah, that's definitely what's happening. So next episode, this is when you kind of get into like this is a very one that just oh, it's even called previously on. And the whole episode, it starts off in Salem in 1693, where it shows you Agatha about to be killed by a bunch of witches for practicing dark magic, but instead she drains all their life and turns them into like zombies, like skeleton-like things. Like she sucks the life force right out of them. Yeah, it's, it, it really makes her a villain like instantaneous. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, you start to to understand more. Like, okay, Agatha's bad fucking news because also 
that like the head witch or whatever of the coven is her mom. Like she says, like, mom, like, give me another chance. And she's like, no. And then she just kills her own mother. You know, like, that's pretty fucking heartless. Um, yeah. That's how you, you really start to see how evil she is in a way. 100%. She 100%. killed her mother. Killed her own fucking mom. <laughs> and, and also goes to assume that she knew the entire family of these people she's just murdered. Yeah. Like, you have to imagine that this was like the entire coven. So did she just kill all of her, her sisters? Yes. You know, like all. All, like the only other people that were witches, did she just take them all out? You know, like that's ruthless. It's also cool to finally see, really see magic in this because the thing about Scarlet Witch is she wasn't magic in quotations. She had gotten her powers from the stone where this and this whole episode, it kind of, cause it makes you go through Wanda's life because Ignis is trying to figure out how she became, how she got all this power. So she's reliving her key memories. And this is where you see, how Scarlet Witch had the power, but the Mind Stone, you know, activated it and made it so much more amplified it. Yeah, like one thing I picked up on uh, in this watch through that I did it the first time was in that first memory when the the Stark bomb hits their house and <laughs> it, it never blows up. And Agatha's like, oh, it's like a simple probability hex. And she's like, no, I didn't do that. And it's like, you know, she had latent powers like she had. There was always powers there. But you were right that the stone amplified it, maybe set them off, like whatever it had to be. But um, but yeah, I kind of showed that it was always kind of there for her. Um, yeah, she always had powers, but this made them become so much more. Yeah, it's, or you could like believe that the spell that the stone just gave her powers, not that she had powers. Yes, exactly. It kind of dispels that part of it, um, which I like. Yes, same. Same. I really, I really like that. And like, it sets up Wanda as being this crazy, powerful witch that doesn't have any instruction. Like she was a total prodigy. She was able to, uh, kind of bring forth this, this, you know, immense amount of power, almost like you see it in like so many, like, you know, comic book and anime things, you know, in moments of distress, that's when your powers manifest that kind of thing. Like it, it kind of uses that trope, but I think it doesn't really it's a, it's a good, I think it's a good trope for what it is, and it works well for this, like, seeing her, you know, kind of seeing all the things that uh, that happened to her that affected her. Like, when he when she's showing her the Hydra, she's like, I don't want to see this. Take me away from this. And she won't, of course. But, like, she didn't want to be exposed to what she was, which makes sense. But it, it's so, it works so well, too. Yep. You also get to see in this episode more of Wanda and Vision's relationship. You know, when he walks into the room while she's watching TV or whatever, and they're talking. And she says, the only thing that would bring me comfort is seeing him again, talking about her brother. You know, that's the grief. That's the depression talking. Like, that is her cross to bear, is, like, all this sadness that has happened to her life. But Vision, you know, does an incredible job of, like, balancing that by saying, it can't all be sorrow, can it? You know, like, he is the balance to Wanda's, you know, kind of fucked up nature. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, I love that. I absolutely love that. So good. So, so, so good. I mean, that's really what, what it is. Like it shows, like it shows her how, you know, damaged she was until she met vision and he helped her so much. Yeah, exactly. Like what would have, what would have become of Wanda if it wasn't for vision? You know, like she, I don't think she would be the hero that she is like portrayed as. Cause look, look at what happened when he's gone, you know, like, look at what happened. No. I mean, you, you look at like why she fights in the second movie or age of Ultron, second Avengers movie. When she first shows up and she joins them 
you know, partly because of her brother, but then she loses her brother, and, you know, it's just, and she's very, you know, like, you, you don't see her very much until Civil War, but she's not okay. But Vision helps out, like, when you see her again in Infinity War, after she's been hiding with Vision all these years, off and on, like, she's doing better. Yep, exactly. Uh, it's a it's a really good episode, too, just seeing, going through all that, seeing the grief, seeing why she loves sitcoms, that her parents were murdered while they're watching Dick Van Dyke, like... Yep. And you see the references, the TV references in that suitcase. You saw Malcolm in the Middle. You saw Bewitched. You saw Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> I Love Lucy. You know, you see all those sitcoms in that uh, suitcase. So it's like, oh, this all makes sense now. Like she's trying to piece together the thing that's been a constant in her life, which is these, you know, wholesome sitcoms. You know, like I have a question for you that I want to get. I'm gonna get into. Um, like when it shows like what she how this all started, it shows her go to sword. It shows her see the body and the director Hayward shows her the body, but you know, and it realizes he you know kind of tricked with the scene because she doesn't take the body. She goes to vision, she does her little thing, finds out that there's nothing there of him, and just leaves him there, even though she just wanted to take him and bury him. And it's right at the end of that that when she gets back to the car, she finds an envelope and open in the car, and it takes her to New Jersey. Who do you, I'm trying to think. I don't think that envelope was in there when she went there because she looks very surprised to see it. Yeah, I I'm still very confused about that too. My, I, don't I don't understand why she chose Westview for this whole thing. That when she when she looks at it, it's like it looks like this was the spot where Vision was like like pointing out like this is where we could start our life together. You know, once we're past, once we're past all this. This is where we can go and start our life together. Especially the second time that I watched the show. I took it as after she went in there to go see Vision's body, the director had somebody put it there, that they had it. Mm. They had Vision's things. And Vision had been missing for five years. It's been five years since Vision died because she got blipped or snapped. Whatever the hell it is. She got snapped. So my the way I took it is they, took it, they had all their belongings. And he had this, and he's like, hmm, I wonder what would happen. And he puts it in there because he's trying to activate Vision's body, you find out. Yeah. So that's how I took it, especially this time through. He was the one that put it there to, to, hmm. to see what she would do. And he's just um, this whole mess. Also, in the end of episode seven, there is an after credit scene where you see Monica Rambeau trying to sneak into Agatha's house and gets grabbed by the fake Quicksilver. Yep. 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 And in this one, at the end of this episode, you hit, well, in the end of the episode, it shows how she went to Westview, saw the house, started crying, and then created her nexus where it turned this whole town in the 1950s and created the house. Yep, yep. And I got really happy in this mid credit scene, because this is where you see the white vision, where Hayward yes. activated him from seeing the drone that they had earlier. They had yeah, the, was it cataract vision? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, like, I think that's what they said. It's like Project Cataract. And it make, I guess that makes sense when he's like the really white colored vision that I, I I thought the whole fake vision or like reconstruction of vision was such a weird, a weird thing to do. It's from the comics. I, 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 I like, I'm not a big comic book guy. So like, like I could, I can understand if that's like a reference back to comic books. But like, to me, it was like, that was like an, an odd choice. I actually liked how it kind of wraps up in the next episode. But at first I was like, what the fuck? What? Like, why is there another vision? It doesn't make any damn sense. Well, I was happy for a couple of reasons. One, because I have that first appearance of the white mm. vision. Oh, there you go. I bought it for three dollars for the book is worth nothing. Now it's worth over like fifty dollars. <laughs> so that Hell episode. Yeah. 
There you go. <laughs> it jumped up. It became. It was not a key at all. It was a nothing book. And then when when they showed that little clip, the book, I remember going online that day and people talking about it, and the book went from a three dollar, five dollar book to over fifty bucks overnight. <laughs> a little investment for you there, huh? <laughs> it was just so freaking funny. I was like, okay, but yeah. that's one reason I was very happy with 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 it. But also, my first appear, my first appearance of Vision ever for me was the Avengers game in SNES, which she is the White Vision. Yes, yes. So I got my White Vision now live. So I was like, okay, this is awesome. Okay, okay, I got gotcha. you. That makes sense. That's also why Vision is probably one of my favorite characters because of that damn game. Uh, Avengers game. Assemble. I love that game, but oh. that game's all right. That game's okay. I also I also liked in this episode that Wanda finally gets the Scarlet Witch moniker. You know, Agatha tells like you are the Scarlet Witch, and it's like yes. oh, because like she didn't have that name in all these other movies. They just called her Wanda Maxima. Yeah, I love how they give her that, and she's like, "Well, you're using chaos magic. You're not supposed to have this. You're too powerful." You know, and the last episode I think is really good, and this is also why I think the show is doesn't never plan a second season. They call the last episode the series finale. Yep. So you don't do that when you plan to make more seasons. Yeah, I I like how this show very organically got us to the name Scarlet Witch and her costume, which is like it's weird. Like Wanda has a weird costume. Like it at least like. That's why they never really tried it until this one where they had the Halloween costume. Then when she finally got her more like marvel updated version, that looks really good. I think it ends up looking really good. But like that was always such a strange costume from the comics, at least in my opinion. But they very organically worked their way to that and made it make sense in the universe, which I really appreciated. Um, this episode, like you really see her get her ass kicked, too. Yeah. By eight at first, where she's like shooting power beams at her or fireballs, I don't know what you want to call it, and her hand starts turning black because she's absorbing her power. Yep, yep. And there's a really funny scene where she throws a car at her, and then she looks at the house, and you just see a pair of boosters sticking out. Yes, yeah, they did like the Wicked Witch of the yeah. West thing. Love it. <laughs> and Vision shows up finally because he's been missing from like he hasn't been with the group since then. He comes to her, and then White Vision shows up, and then the kids come back because they were you know tied up by agnes and now they're trying to fight like it, it does such a good job of wrapping everything up and having like this big scene that you were waiting for as they're fighting throughout the town and like at one point agatha really shows wanda like what you did like she releases the spell on the townsfolk they're like just let me go wanda just let me call like let my daughter my daughter's been locked in her room she doesn't let her go yeah like it's it's so i mean again this is why i say she's a villain and like Kitty from that 70s show is like, just kill us. If you're not yeah. going to let go, just kill us. Put us out of misery. Her, Wanda's grief is literally killing these people. Like she's, yeah. kill, she's killing them with her grief because she will not face the things that is hurting her. You know, the, her mental health is putting all these people's lives in jeopardy. And they got to the point where like, just fucking kill us already because I don't <laughs> want to live like this. Again, horrifying imagery. Yeah, and then she starts to realize, she's like, she starts, I laugh at this part, not for funny reasons, but she starts to put down the gate and she's like, run while she's starting to lower the next. And I'm thinking to myself, you really expect these people to run eight miles in the few minutes that you're going to be lowering this? Like, come on now. Right, right. Like, where are they going to run so they ain't going to get out of I mean, because I mean, originally it was a, you know, a small town, but now it's even far. Like, they ain't going to run the 10 miles or whatever it is. They ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so one of the things I, I want to point out here, or I guess like my opinion on this is that like, I, I can understand why you liked some of the big fight scenes and some of the stuff that like tied stuff together. This for, this was like the episode that uh, I liked the least only because 
it felt like they shoehorned in all the Marvel-y stuff. They, no, have I agree. These, they have to have the big fight scene. They have to have all this stuff. Like it had to fit that Marvel formula in this one episode. And it felt a lot like, you know, now and this rewatch, I, I got the same feelings that I got with uh, Shang-Chi and I really liked Shang-Chi. Like that movie was sick. Shang-Chi and the Ten, Ten Rings was very, very good until the last act for me, because again, it, it's trying to make it marvel They're cramming in the Marvel fight scenes and all the big spectacle and all that. When the interesting stuff to me was the setup, was like the character work and like a lot of the, the interesting storytelling that they were doing in the other episodes prior. So a lot of like the big fights here kind of fell flat for me, especially like the vision on vision stuff. Um, it was interesting when they were like talking to one another. Like, I wish they would have just skipped to that scene instead of them <laughs> flying in the air, shooting lasers at each other, you know, like them talking to one another and then seemingly creating another vision, I guess like visions just in the world again. But like, but yeah, I, I that deflated me a little bit that it kind of fell back on um, the kind of traditional Marvel stuff when everything up until this point was so very different than anything else Marvel had done. So that was a little bit of a disappointment to me. But like, I understand why it needed to be, you know, No, I, I mean, every Marvel thing has to have that big fight. Yes, it, it's it's part of the formula, right? So yeah, I, mean, I like the vision fight because in the comics vision it makes sense to have Vision fighting Vision because the two different... Because in the comics, White Vision is not the same body because he does die in the comics. So then they try to bring back... They bring back a different body, which is not really him. There's something... That, I don't know it really well because I never read it. But there is, like, Vision versus Vision stuff. Okay. So I think... Like, so do you think Vision is, is back in the world now? Like, is that, like... Yes, my prediction with what he, what he does, the fake Vision for, that Wanda created... In the end, when they have a little conversation about the boat of, the- of Theseus or whatever the hell they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boat of Theseus, yeah. That when he touches him, he pre- he puts in the memories that he'd gotten from Wanda and what she gave into the new body, and he recreate and Vision is alive again. I, in this sense. I'm curious if they try to just, like, bring him back, or if they try to do something a little bit different there. I, I'm curious about what happens, but I could also never see vision again and be kind of, and be fine with that. But, but like, I'm not a super big vision fan. So like that, that's kind of my bias. A hundred percent. See him again. I, I, they wouldn't have done this thing where he just shot through the roof and like, you'll see him again. You'll see him again. Just like they didn't kill Agatha. You know, like you'll see her again. She'll show up in like a bit part here or there somewhere. You know, she was too popular to, to not ever use her again. Also, you shouldn't kill characters off villains or just do something to put them away because you can always bring them back. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, the Spider-Man No Way Home taught us anything. You can, you can bring them back. <laughs> yeah. God, that that movie. So I'm I'm OK with that. I like the fact that they don't like I, I enjoyed all the fight with Agatha and Scarlet Witch, and I love seeing how it evolves and how she becomes Scarlet Witch during the fight, and the fight is what pushes her. And then Agatha being stupid and shows her the book of all the dark arts and what she's going to become later on, I think. Yeah. Like, she gives her her power. And I think what she does to Agatha in the end of this is really messed up in a way where she puts her back in the town and puts her under the spell so she doesn't know who she is. Or she doesn't have control. Yeah, it... It's, again, Wanda's a villain. Wanda's a yeah. fucking villain. And then you have a stupid. You have then Rambo is with uh, the the fake Pietro and finds out his name is Rolf Boner and pulls off the necklace that gave him powers and finds out he was just the guy who lived next door. 
kind of disappointing. Kind of disappointing. But like, yeah, but it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. They're not gonna like. I didn't think they were gonna bring truly back Quicksilver again there. So like, that's an easy way to to kind of send off that character. So it's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. I, I liked it. I mean, again, you shouldn't kill your villains. I mean, you just shouldn't. You should put them away for later. I I don't enjoy the sword stuff where sword comes in. The director tries to shoot the kids for no reason. Yeah. Gets in front, takes the shots, and then shows, oh, she has powers. And I just, I, that I didn't really care for. Yeah. But something I did care for was, you know, the very kind of end of this where, where you have the, the goodbye with Wanda and her, her created vision. It was really touching. It's really touching scene between them. You got, they emoted really well together that it was, it was a very touching scene. And when she says goodbye to her kids, like that was like gut wrenching, you know, it, a lot of emotions at the end of this episode, for sure. Oh, that was so good. The way they say goodbye to each other and how she, they tuck the kids in bed and both the kids, especially Wiccan are re, are aware of what's happening. It, it's, it's good. I, the last one to about the thing with the director where the director gets arrested and like Darcy runs into him with a car. It just, like, the director was evil, but again, no, there's a lot of villains in this show. Yeah, right. There, there's I mean, not a lot of good guys. Wanda, the director, like all of them, none of them were good people. Yeah, it's basically your dynamic trio of uh, Darcy, Wu, and Monica. Like yeah, they're, they're, they're good guys. And then, and then Scarlet Witch just leaves, and she puts on the hood. She does the the classic Marvel. You don't recognize me. And puts the hood up over her hair. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> and then walks away. And then, I mean, I I understand why Monica just lets her go. Like I get it. Like, again, like we were saying, she's just trying to help her, so she's not trying to stop her. Yes, exactly. exactly. And then as she leaves, she ends up, you know, getting the, the costume again. And then you have a small scene, which, again, is just to hold on to more, where Rambo goes into a church, and you find out that a scro- uh, one of the people there is a scroll mm-hmm. they want to meet. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I'm I'm curious to see where that goes. Marvel, too. The, the very last credit scene where you where they kind of do these like sweeping landscape shots of like you know the woods or whatever and you see this this cabin and clearly wanda's sitting there but then the camera kind of follows through the cabin into this like back room where now the scarlet witch is reading through that you know book of the devil or book of the damned whatever it is and she hears her kid's voice i think she hears wiccan right oh i didn't catch that yeah, she hear it's clearly one of her kids' voices. I can't I can't tell which one it is, but you can clearly hear it's like, Mom, help me, or something like saying something to that effect. And it's like, this is where, you know, going back to the the five stages of grief or whatever, so many of the those elements of the denial, anger, bargaining, depression, all those things kind of come through through the show and the things that Wanda's doing. But she never gets to acceptance, you know, even in that last scene where she kind of says goodbye to Vision. It's like, uh, I guess you could kind of say that's acceptance. But then that last scene to me does away with all of it because now she shows she's not actually accepting. She's trying to find a way to bring them back. And she's using the dark book that she was given or not given, but took. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, Wanda, you are a fucking villain. You are not getting over this, even when your friends were there when you needed it to get you out of this terrible, destructive cycle. So it's like I I actually really did not like that scene because it it took that away. Right. Because like it would have been a good cap on that where it's like, okay, Wanda's out there trying to find herself, whatever. She's trying to accept it. 
but she's like not. I, she's not very much not. So I don't I don't like that part of it. But who knows, right? They they clearly showed two of her. They showed Wanda, and then they showed her in the uh, Scarlet Witch. The astral projection of her. She's doing what Doctor Strange did, where he's sleeping and dreaming both at the same time. Right, exactly, exactly. So she's, but, but, or it could be something else, right? Who, who knows what, what that uh, actually I, looks like? I still, this show, she's completely a villain. I mean, yes, she comes to terms a little bit, but she's still a, she's still a, a villain. 100%. I mean, and then I think it's, is this where they say that she's going to be in Doctor Strange yeah. Multiverse of Madness? Yes. Okay. And that's, and that's supposed to be like a horror movie. So it, it makes sense that Wanda will be a big part of that because if she's reading the Book of the Damned, and uh, it's all about like multiverse stuff. Maybe she's trying to jump through the multiverse to find a timeline where her kids exist and bring them back. Like, who knows, right? Who knows what that ends up? Oh, yeah, no, it's she. But I'm, I don't think she'll be a villain in that movie. But I don't think she's going to be exactly the hero. I, I'm very curious where that that's my most anticipated Marvel movie. Like I was pleasantly surprised by this uh, latest Spider-Man. But like, <laughs> I, want, I really am excited for the return of Sam Raimi. Uh, on a Marvel movie, actually getting like some solid budget, getting to work with these different characters and like do horror, you know, like it's a horror movie. I'm very excited for that. And again, because of this show was able to tell a very non marvel story for about 85% of it. <laughs> um, it makes me very confident that whatever that movie ends up being, maybe it will stick to the horror genre better than um, some of the other Marvel movies have like tried to attend. Like this is, this is going to be a very cool experiment. I feel like I'm very curious to see where it goes. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for that doctor movie also. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to say about this show, I wanted to say that the ending credits are also really cool. Like it's, it felt like almost like a James Bond opening where it's like very like cerebral colors flying around and like, with like the RBG RGB lights. Super cool. I really liked the production of, of that, like the ending credit scenes. I, I ended up watching them more times than I'm willing to admit. Um, I just, the credits come on. I just turn everything off. It's, it, I, I thought it looked cool. It looked cool. You should go to shelf stacker box. I think oh, we, and, we move on to that. Yeah. You can just finish up. We're almost, this has been, we cover, I think we cover most things. I just want to do that part none. For sure. Uh, I'll go first. Come on. Be shorter. <laughs> Um, this is going to go on the shelf. This is my second or third favorite Marvel show, and I know that's not there aren't that many at the moment, but I really enjoyed when this came out. Like, and when I rewatched it, and it made more sense. I really think it's a good show. I mean, it's not. I mean, I do have some problems with it, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. And rewatching it, it makes so much more sense when you know where things are going and you know what they're up to. And this being the first thing that we got into the MCU of Phase 4, it really does something. And I'm also a big fan of Wanda. Like, I think she's a great character. And I would so love to see her do more. So this is going on the shelf, and I'm very glad to rewatch it a year later. <laughs> yeah, totally. How about you, Tony? Um, so let me meander for just a oh, second perfect. here. So, uh, so this is a show about grief and how, when unchecked, not taking care of yourself can really turn you into a person that isn't you isn't the best version of you. It can take over your mind, twist you into something darker. It can, it can even topple an Avenger. So when this, when this show came out, I was dealing with kind of my own struggles with grief. My wife's cousin, Lindsay, uh, who's more like a sister to her than anything else. Uh, she had been diagnosed with stage four colon cancer back in uh, July of 2019. It, she really 
sadly passed away in February of 2021, you know, right as the show was hitting its stride and making its thesis like known to the audience about grief and, and dealing with it. It was a really sad time for my family and I. I was so angry that this life had been taken, you know, before she had her full shot. I was angry that cancer had taken somebody who had so much more life to live and so much more to give. She was survived by her husband, Chris, and her two very small children. Uh, it it's, was really sad. But this show helped. It really helped me. Uh, it showed it showed me that grief is powerful. And when it's not dealt with, uh, it, it can be really bad for you. If you try to bury it deep without, you know, actually working through it, it has really negative consequences uh, to you. It also showed us, or at least it showed me, that uh, we all need somebody like Monica in our lives, somebody who uh, is willing to be there for us when we're down, and somebody who's willing to tell us hard truths when we're being kind of an asshole. Um, <laughs> one quote in particular really struck a chord with me that that really helped me in some of the times of darkness that I was in during this time is, what is grief if not love persevering? It, it is a very elegant way of kind of encapsulating the whole idea of grief and reframing it in like a positive way. Although I don't think Wanda made it through her own struggle with grief to acceptance quite yet. No. Um, I can tell you that this show helped me get to mine. So, Hey, I like this show, put it up on the <laughs> shelf. Hell, right. put it in a frame motherfucker. Like this show is great. Great show. Probably my favorite Marvel show. I've watched all of them at this point. I, this is number one with a bullet for me. Excellent. Probably one of my favorite things in the Marvel Universe to date. Movies, TV shows uh, included. Excellent show. It's also the most it's the most unique for sure. Yes. Yes. And that like I really value stuff that takes chances like that with its storytelling. And this was exceptional, exceptionally done and well acted. Production was great. You know, all the little details were, were there. It's this is the high watermark for Marvel, in my opinion. So, so yeah, put that, put that baby on the shelf. Okay. No, I'm glad that we did this finally. Hell yeah, <laughs> man. I'm so glad that you remembered. Uh, well, I did, yep. I, I'm usually pr pretty good at memory when people tell me about stuff for the show. Like, oh, hey, I want to do it. I'm like, okay, when I get there, I will reach out to you. Yeah, I, I really appreciate uh, that, Mike, and giving me a reason to rewatch this show and then to really talk about it at great length. I, I very much appreciate it. This was a, a super duper fun time. I'm glad it was. It was a good show to rewatch because it's one of those shows that when you understand what's happening, it hits so differently. Yes, does such a good so job of setting everything up. Hell yeah, definitely. All right, into into wrap this episode. First thing I do want to say: if you do want to hear everything else about MCU, just go look through our catalog on Podbean. You will see we covered every MCU sh movie before this point. So all of Phase One, Phase Two, and Phase Three, twenty-three movies. Check those out. And Tony, where can people find you at? You can find me, Hey, I Like That Came, all over the internet. We have a podcast where we kind of uh, do something similar to what Mike does here with uh, Games <laughs> My Mom Found, where we kind of go back and, and uh, play through old games and talk about them and stuff. Uh, we just put out an episode, um, our first like big spoiler cast on the game Inscription, which was my favorite game from 2021. Excellent, excellent video game. Uh, so if you don't mind spoilers, check that one out. Uh, if you do mind spoilers, you can go back to the net, the episode before that where we <laughs> talked about Super Solvers, Gizmos, and Gadgets, an edutainment game from the early '90s. Which, if you go back and look at screenshots for that game, you'll it'll be you'll throw yourself right back to computer class when you were in uh, middle school. So really good time. But uh, hey, I like that game is the name of the show. 
Okay. I'm currently listening to your 2021 best of episode. Oh yeah, dude. Thanks. Uh, it, that's, that was a really fun episode. We, we have some awesome categories there and we, we just introduced some new like uh, intro music and stuff too, that I'm really proud of. So yeah, it's uh check us out. If, uh, if you like this show, you'll, you'll probably like us too. And I also just added inscription on my wish list now. Can you have my attention? Dude, inscription is excellent. It's okay. so, 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 so good. I, I'll i be very curious if if and when you play that game, please message me. I need to talk to you about Inscription. I never get around to games when I should. So I, I, I just had somebody give me a code to review a game that just came out, so I don't have a choice but play it. <laughs> well, that's so, cool, though. It is cool. Someone I've been in contact with for a while, and they finally released their game, and, and so I'm like... No, I got to play it like and play Star Fox. I'm even playing a good game than playing a bad game at the same time. <laughs> it's a good palate cleanser, you know, like after, <laughs> after, you get, after you get frustrated with Star Fox for a little bit, you can clean the palate with a good game. We actually covered Star Fox Adventure on our show, too. Uh, it's uh, it's a doozy. It's a doozy for sure. Yeah, I just hope it runs right. That's my only issue right now. As long as it runs right, I can handle it. Yeah. I hope <laughs> it can't be that bad, right? <laughs> you know, I'm gonna hold Mike. I'm gonna hold my tongue. I'm gonna hold my tongue on that. At the time you're hearing this, the Star Fox episode should—it won't be out yet. But no, <laughs> but it's coming shortly after you hear this. Mike, thanks again for having me on the show. This was a fucking right. blast. Well, thank you. And then a couple of things I do want to say to wrap up is you enjoyed this episode. Go look at our huge other catalog episode. We cover games, movies, comics, TV shows, all sorts of stuff. Go check out the catalog and Tony's on the Donkey Kong Country episode. Definitely go check out his podcast. Hey, I like that game. And I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Hasphere. You will see a link in the show notes to her TikTok. Definitely go follow her. She made our music. I want to give a shout out to Bill Tucker, who did the MCU with me, who couldn't be here tonight. Ah, crap. I just remembered. I have a shuffle sack or box to read. So before I finish these things, I'm going to put that in there. <laughs> go for it. Okay. So this is Bill Tucker, who you guys all, if you're still, hopefully you're still here and didn't cut off with the, the you know, <laughs> I started plugging stuff. Uh, here's Bill's shuffle <laughs> box. This is a super shelf, my favorite of all the Phase 4 Marvel shows I've seen thus far, and yes, a little bit more than Loki, the way it breaks conventions and tells a story many wouldn't think a Marvel show could do is outstanding. The themes are dealing with grief or told through experience, the cast is phenomenal, and the action when it's there serves as icing on a cake. Not the entire cake, like like other Marvel movies, just fantastic in nearly every aspect. Shelf. All right. Totally agree. Hopefully you're still there and didn't, didn't cut off because you're like, oh, he's done. I'm never done. I forget stuff all the time. Uh, so definitely go check out his podcast, The Gamer Looks at 40. You will find his show anywhere you get your podcast. We, we Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube audio only, but we're there if you are listening to your podcast on YouTube. And we do have a Patreon. This is also how this episode was chosen by the Patreon. So leave us a dollar. You can go vote in our Patreon poll. So definitely go do that. The current one that you will be hearing at this time is just still live is what Tim Burton movie we should cover. And right now, Beetlejuice is winning. So, which is what I want to win because I've never seen the movie. So, what? Holy shit, really? Never seen it. Oh my God. I, I'm going to have to listen to that episode that I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on Beetlejuice. It should be interesting. I'm pretty sure it's going to win. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just never seen it. I don't know why. So, yeah, that's something you have to look forward to, guys. And I think that's everything I need to say. So, we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Later.